You are listening to a Big MX Radio podcast, brought to you by Fly Racing, presented by W Wheels, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Transcanda Motorsports, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Westside Honda, Roy Borton Suspension Systems, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Motocross and Supercross news from around the globe. We're not experts, but we've got a microphone. Check us out on the web at www.bigmxradio.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Gebhardt. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. This podcast is brought to you by Fly Racing, W Wheels, and X-Brand Goggles. With me on the line, we've got a pretty happy cat. In fact, he's the cat. AJ Catanzaro, the 64 machine. How's it going, my friend? Oh, things are going well. Things are going better than you were Saturday. So. Absolutely. Uh, uh, a, a giant change of luck for you this Monday as opposed to the last three weeks uh, moving into the Eastern eastern swing of the 250 rounds. Uh, you've shelved the 450. You picked up a 250 super late, uh, but we'll get into that a little bit more afterwards. But uh, how was your weekend? Uh, give us a little play-by-play of uh, what you dealt with uh, over this last past weekend in Atlanta. Uh, it's uh, it's a long story, man. Uh, so Saturday morning, we roll into the track, and privateer parking is across the street, and it's outside, and it's it's simply a gated area with security. So it's not like all the semis and the top guys have the bikes in the dome, which is extremely secured. We are outside across the street. So we pull on Saturday morning, and I. I look to the left as we're still on the road just to glance over and I see I see my trailer and it looked like the trailer door was down and I'm like, don't even tell me that that trailer door is open right now. And I asked my mechanic, I'm like, you didn't go in there for any reason, like forget to shut it, did you? And he thought I was kind of screwing with him. So we pull in. I At this point, I'm all kind of getting nervous. I jog around to the backside of the trailer and the whole thing is just wide open stuff thrown everywhere and I take the turn look in and my bike and my mechanics bike the bike are both gone and man it's just the worst feeling you could ever imagine oh, I can imagine I, actually I can't really imagine uh, walking in on something like that um, on the Saturday you're supposed to have your game face on and like and you've got missing equipment and I can imagine like bikes and parts were stolen as well or just uh, just the bikes just bikes and, and all my helmets and all his helmets as well. Uh, yeah, it, you know, for that to happen on a Saturday is is just worst-case scenario. You know, it, you have so many things running through your head when you're supposed to be completely focused on, on the job in front of you. And for someone like me, you know, that's my only practice bike. So that bike is my only way to ride during the week. And without it, my first thought was, okay, well, Hey, I'll race this weekend, drive down to Daytona, race Daytona, and after that I'll just drive on home to Connecticut and just essentially sit on a couch during the week and go race on the weekends. Yeah, totally. like, you know, that was uh, my first thought. 
absolutely not ideal whatsoever uh, when you're competing against riders who uh, have basically everything at their beck and call, uh, as well as practice tracks, practice bikes, this, that, and the other thing, as well as uh, on top of that, you have to now at would have been probably around 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, find a helmet to wear uh, with a, and a helmet that would be equipped with a hats off device for you to uh, to compete in that 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 night what how did that process go down for you were you able to locate uh, a helmet like that I actually thankfully I have one that was with my bike inside the dome so I was lucky as far as that goes but now I have to use that as my practice helmet and then I got a couple more green ships so that luckily wasn't Glory, but man, the first thing my team owner was just landing off the plane, and I had to give him a call. And I'm like, I don't even know how to say this. Like, I didn't even know how to tell him it on the phone. I felt so bad. Yeah. Because of the way things have been going the past couple of weeks, and I was just like, I don't know how to say this, but the, that bike's gone. It, and a brand new bike, never even started it, nothing. It was just brand new. Hmm. Well, like the, the the thieves definitely had their eye on something uh, special, that's for sure, uh, which is too bad. And one of those things where I think it got passed around a couple of times during the day was that uh, it, it wouldn't be Atlanta Supercross without some stolen bikes or something like something like that was thrown around. And um, just the fact that it's become a bit of a problem or a, a known problem as a bit of a uh, almost a tradition. Uh, like uh, of sorts that would be uh, yeah, terrible to say that but it's become a, a an ongoing thing um uh, i can't help but think as to why like either the the feld like feld themselves or whoever's promoting these races needs to take a second look at the location at which these bikes are stolen because clearly uh at least in atlanta for sure uh it's not a secure area and uh and right and these these thieves know when the bikes are going to be unattended and um if it's local security like uh not to you know, go uh, full-blown uh con conspiracy theory on you but uh if if like who's to say the local authorities don't or a local uh uh the security guys are like oh yeah i'm not going to be walking by that area of the fence around this time so oh no like, absolutely i mean I, something that needs to be looked at i even made the poor decision of telling the dude like i was talking to one of the security guards when he drove in he was being nice, and I was just like, as we were leaving, I'm like, oh, just make sure you keep a close eye on that van and trailer. Um, and that was probably the worst thing I could have said. Yeah, but, no kidding. Yeah, it's 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 very. You know, if bikes were getting, it, it, it's gotten to the point where it's whose bike is going to get stolen in Atlanta. Not even if. It's just it's when and who, and if you know if it's getting stolen from parking garages or hotels, that's one thing. I mean, that sucks. But if it's getting stolen right from the privateer parking area that is supposed to be guarded by these security guards, then it, I would have to say that, like, that should be their responsibility. That's what I'm How saying. How can they pay these yeah. security guards to guard this area? And if something gets stolen, which is the one and only purpose for being there, that they have zero liability. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it did. Uh, that's actually very confusing to me. Like, say, if I had my things in a storage unit at like a, a storage facility, if that storage facility gets broken into and my stuff gets taken away, 
that's on them because they said, hey, this is a safe place for you to leave your things. We'll take care of them for you. And that clearly didn't go on. So they'd be on the hook for that. And uh, to find out that they, they weren't uh, there for you in that sort of manner is uh, quite alarming. Um, shortly after this whole thing kind of unfolded, uh, was it your brother who started a, a GoFundMe account? Uh, tell us a little bit more about that account and uh, if anyone's listening that wants to donate, how they can do so. Yeah, my brother, uh, I gave him the idea right off the bat and um, he was at the race with me. So I was just like, listen, do this thing up while it's fresh in everyone's head. Get the link out there and we'll, we'll try to start raising money for my bike and my mechanic's bike as well. Because it's his only dirt bike that he owns, period. So, you know, losing that bike, he can't ride at all, which sucks. And I feel bad and want to help him out as well as myself. Um, so he put the the link out there, which you guys can find. It's, it's everywhere. It's on my Facebook, on my Twitter, and on my Instagram. And at this point, obviously, my bike's been found. Um, but we're still trying to raise money for to get Connor another, like, 2013 used bike. By no means are we trying to buy him a brand new 2015, but, you know, there's something that he can ride. For sure. You want to have two wheels for, uh, as, as a two wheels community can, can jump on that for sure and uh, sympathize with the, with the, someone who uh, has, has lost their bike for sure. Um, yeah, I'll definitely, if you, if you send that link over to me and uh, like just text it over to me, then I'll, I'll throw that in the link uh, with this uh, on the, the splash page for the podcast and we'll get as many people uh involved with that as possible and, and get Connor's uh, a bike back not maybe not his bike per, per se but uh, uh, so that he can continue riding again yeah yeah that'd be great thank you it's just something that you know he's the whole reason I'm able to stay down at Club Max the facility there I live with him in his RV so and the whole reason he's there is to ride a dirt bike so <laughs> you know if he's not riding a dirt bike he's gonna head home and so it's, it's helping the both of us for sure absolutely now um, the whole plan for this year, as we talked uh, a few months back, and those who haven't heard it, go back to the archive and talk, We, as we talk, previewed, uh, your plan for the year um, was to go 450 on the west and then switch back to the 250 for the east, hoping to uh, have some good preparation uh, for the 250 class. 450s, I would say, was a successful venture for you. You made some mains and uh, collected that LCQ victory, felt what it's like to race up front in front of guys like uh, Nick Schmidt, Nick Way, uh, a lot of guys, and Ronnie Stewart, guys who hadn't even made, made mains yet. Uh, you ended up in, in front of them in the LCQ that, that night. Um, looking back at how your 250 season has gone so far, would you say that your 450 uh, venture helped or hurt your uh, results so far in the East Coast? You know, I think it went both ways. Um, as far as being race ready, um, it, it helped me, and it was great to get a bunch of races under my belt. Um, as far as financially, and our team's focus on getting the two fifties in time, it, it really hurt us because I think my team owner was so concerned with trying to get me to do the races each weekend that sort of dropped the ball and get me a 250 in time and it wasn't until Thursday before Dallas um, which was the first East round that I actually got a 250 to ride That's rather um, which is uh, you know it's unheard of nobody would ride a bike one day and then go try to race it um, and I haven't ridden it since due to weather at Club Max it's been almost three and a half weeks now since I've ridden a dirt bike at all during the week so mm. 
I'm trying to practice, I'm trying to test, and I'm trying to race all on Saturday at the races. And it's just an unfortunate situation. Uh, as far as practice goes during the week, this week is probably one of the only times you'll be able to uh, put some laps on a bike. Obviously, your brand new 250F practice bike will be pulled out at somewhere uh, down uh, as you as you travel further south towards uh, Daytona. Um, and honestly, one of the hurdles that I've heard is like guys trying to find a, a worthy Supercross practice track or something that you can even put wheels in the dirt and and, and replicate something you'd be doing on Saturday. I mean, uh, Ryan Zimmer uh, telling me today that he's going to go ride outdoors this today or this week to uh, prepare for Saturday. Uh, what type of uh, preparation do you have throughout this week to uh, get ready for uh, Daytona? Uh, well, I've, I've been lucky enough to, I probably shouldn't say the name just because we're trying to keep them a deal uh, for now. But That's I'm going to go ride another privateer supercross track, which is a sandy Supercross setup, which should be perfect preparation for Daytona, oh, and it's me. And, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just you know, it's just tough. I don't want to say a name just because I'm sure there's a million people asking this person, and for he's got to be selective. So, oh totally, can't have can't have a hundred people riding riding a Supercross truck. So I'm going to go right there Wednesday and Thursday, and I'll probably ride packs tomorrow. Just kind of break in the bike a little bit and get some riding on my belt and then I'll head there Wednesday and Thursday. Sounds good. The kid's got a great track and I hope that, uh, that you like it. Uh, hopefully maybe, maybe even get the two of you on at the very same time, uh, on Thursday night. Maybe that'll be fun. But, uh, nevertheless, um, thoughts on riding a 250 on in the 450 class like Mitchell Oldenburg did. Uh, I know obviously the 450, uh, having that extra power is an advantage, but, uh, would it have been an advantage to you to have been competing on a 450 the whole time or 250? Um, yeah, you know, I, looking back at it, I, I wish I had gone that route. I wish we had gotten the 250s earlier so I could get a, could have gotten comfortable on one and, and raced it out West. Um, because my, you know, I wasn't out there to. The results didn't matter in my mind. It was just trying to be prepared, and I think I still could have done just as well on a 250, and it would have helped prepare me. Um, so I'm actually going to do Houston. What the Houston West Coast round? I'm going to race that on a 250F. So that should be interesting. That's I'm actually pretty excited for that. Um. A few years ago, there was the opportunity to, actually quite a few years ago, I'm talking about 10 years ago already, uh, there was the opportunity to double class it on an evening. Um, and like obviously this at this time, there's so many riders, uh, they don't really need that to happen because uh, there's not a disparity of, of, uh, of talent. But is that something that if there was the opportunity to double class it on an evening, something you'd be uh, you would entertain as something you'd want to try out? Oh yeah, absolutely. My, it's funny you actually say that because my dad, as long as he's been in the sport, you think he would know this. My dad sends me a text the other day, and he's like, "Can you race two classes in one night?" He's like, "You should be, you should be trying to qualify for both." I'm like, "Oh, dad, you can't do that." But uh, oh, I think that'd be awesome. It'd be, it's tough. It's definitely tough to switch back and forth between bikes, um, and it'd be sure. a lot of racing in one night, but. I think it would be, be a lot of racing, especially if you're going to the LCQs. <laughs> oh my God. You'd be hopping off one bike or going right from the finish line to wave that back up to the starting gate. Oh, I'm sure there'd be some sort of mix up where you end up on the line in a 250 race on a 450. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure we get something confused. 
whole shot for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, thoughts on this on the track this last weekend in uh, in Atlanta? Um, different layout, super tight. I gotta imagine it actually probably suited a two fifty over a four fifty. The way it was like you had to be able to turn on a dime. Uh, not too many really big jumps, but uh, very just technical and uh, and tricky. Something that probably plays into your hands. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a tough track and it was especially tough in practice when it's just kind of blown out and rutted, trying to do some of the obstacles with it as rutted as it was, uh, makes it difficult. Um, not my favorite of layouts, mm-hmm. but definitely it's, it's cool to see him thrown in some different things like the over under bridge. And as much as I hate it, there's two sand sections, which I don't think I've ever seen. So. Double sand section, usually riders are against one sand section. They go and throw two <laughs> at you, so that's a double negative. It uh, doesn't exactly turn into a positive, but uh, for you, qualifying 22nd and then uh, only, a, only a couple of spots for making in this main, knowing that you'll be able to put some time on the bike this week, uh, go down to Justin's house. First of all, uh, I'm a huge fan of Justin. Him and I do podcasts probably every week uh, just to uh, get his sponsors out there and get some awareness to uh, his whole program and I know you're going to have a ton of fun riding with that dude uh, he's like I said he's a fun kid to ride with uh, he's got some really cool jumps uh, to just just get rad on honestly you're going to have some fun uh, just just throwing out those big whips you know how to and uh, I think that that feeling the flow and and just getting back into the swing of things during this week is something that's going to be super beneficial for you and I look for big things from you in Daytona yeah absolutely I think mentally I just need to get back to where I was and I don't belong qualifying in 20 seconds. I don't belong. I certainly don't belong in the LCQ and I don't belong not making the main event. You've had a podium, bro. Huh? You had a podium one year, bro. I mean, I got a, I got a fourth. I got a fourth and a fifth and a seventh and eighth and a ninth and a tenth. And you know, I belong in the top five and top 10. There's, there should be no exception to that. And I know the past couple weeks have been tough, but, three days on the bike this week and we should be good to go absolutely and, and hope your hands don't bl- uh, blister up too much <laughs> i know man it's been a while but i don't even know if okay. i know how to practice anymore well i gotta get you off to the uh the pulp of mech show you're you're double classing it tonight doing uh doing my show and then uh doing a fellow manitobans show up uh with the, the pulp of mech show i wish you all the best of luck but before we uh uh shut this down i need you to read off your sponsors for me uh as well as thank that mechanic who works so hard on your bikes and then we'll do the last uh five quick big mx questions and then uh, we'll be done for tonight all right, absolutely. Well, I can't remember everyone, but I'll, I'll try and go. Uh, I just got to thank JMR Suzuki, Jeff at JMR. I mean, he's doing everything for me. So he's been a huge help. Suzuki's been supporting the program awesome and helping out with parts and all that. Um, O'Neill, Arai Helmets, 100%. Alpine Star, EVS, uh, Club MX, of course, for providing me with the, the facility. Um, Stan Sox. Connor Buff is my mechanic. He's been doing a ton for me and, and stuck by my side for the past three years. So I've got to thank him as well. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, and uh, and great to see you uh, putting a Suzuki in the main event earlier in the series there. Uh, one of the very few Suzukis that's uh, um, out there, period. I think, uh, are you, is it you and, uh, you and Vicky are the only two? 
I'm pretty sure it's just me and Vicky Golden. Um, I'm I'm not positive, but I, I definitely haven't seen another one in the night show. I don't sure. know if there's other people trying to qualify or not, but. Fair enough. Well, I hope that uh, she ends up making a night show uh, before uh, the clock ticks down on the third period of this series. But uh, all the best to both you and her. So uh, let's get these last five quick questions out of the way and send you off to Pulp Max. Sounds good. All right. Now, which who was your very first legitimate sponsor that you ever had growing up? Wow. Jeez. Uh, uh, hmm. Well, I was I was probably three, so I don't know if I can remember that. Fair enough. And then I'm gonna have to just go with my dad. My dad was my first sponsor. My dad was. Hey, my dad was my first sponsor. That's awfully. <laughs> that's that's cool. I think a lot of people have the, their dad as their very first sponsor and uh, <laughs> a lifelong sponsor as well. Sounds like he uh, he still helps you out quite a bit. Yeah, he's been on board. He's been on the program for a while. So yeah. Invested interest in this in the '64. Um, who was a fast local guy that you looked up to growing up? Oh man, there was a ton. Um, well, you're in the town for sure. Yeah, there's a a lot of fast dudes at NESC. I would have to say, when I was really little, um, racing District 34, it was probably Ryan Mills, who was like my hero back in the day. But then, of course, you know, he had. Uh, John Dowd and Kessler and you know Keith Johnson and like all oh, those dudes Treadwell oh yeah Mike there's, Treadwell there's, came up and raced uh, Canada for a bit there uh, yeah yeah but there's just so many fast guys up in that area absolutely um, what was the first uh, Supercross race that you ever attended as, as a fan first Supercross uh, you attended as a fan Oh, first Supercross. Um, I only went to one ever before I started racing them. It was Atlanta in 2009, maybe? Or 2010. I had only gone to one ever before I raced my first one. So wow, that made it even more scary. Incredible. I uh, for, for my quick story, it would be the 2004 Minneapolis Supercross where Davey Millsats went pro on uh, RM125. Oh, dang. That, that was going to be No kidding. And James Stewart posting the fastest lap time of the night on a KX125. <laughs> Who won that so, night? Do you remember? Um, Reed won the 250s, and James won the, the 125s. And then he did hmm. the worm. Oh, yeah. That was when he was doing the sprinkler and breaking yeah. all those dancers up. That's right. He was uh, like the worm, the sprinkler, or anything else he could think of, and just basically dominating the two, the one twenty fives. Like no tomorrow. Uh, you could argue he should have moved up, but uh, the guy didn't. He had an extra year in the class, so uh, it is what it is, I guess. Um, best advice you'd have for any of the uh, the, the club of Mex riders that uh, are coming up through the ranks. Um, you know just work hard and focus on it when you're young because that's the best chance you're going to get and don't take what you have for granted because if your parents are helping you stay and live at a training facility and you're not going to school I mean shoot you're living a life so I think a lot of kids maybe take that for granted which is understandable because you're young and 
you don't appreciate the things until you start to get a little older, but man, just take advantage of the moment for sure. And the last question before we let you go for the night is, uh, what is the strangest thing about your bike setup that if someone else would to jump off your bike, they would say, what the heck is that? Uh, that's a good question for a lot of people. <laughs> but for me, I, I feel like I have like the most normal setup. I would say probably the one thing is I'm getting better as of late, but I used to run really tall bars. Okay. Like freestyle bars. And yeah, now, now I'm starting to kind of hop on the bandwagon of, of rolling your bars back. But I used to be really bad. I used to actually be really bad too. And then uh, Jimmy Nakotis rode my bike uh, here in Manitoba about almost well, two years ago already. And uh, he is also uh, obviously a little smaller. So he had them rolled back all the way to the back. And I had to ride my bike the same day, so I had to ride his setup. And uh, after that, rolled the bars right back again, uh, like not as far as he did, but put them back to a neutral position and uh, loved it ever since. Yeah, I've done the, I've done the same. I'd like to keep going with it because I'm running like a stock bar bend right now, which is still a little bit freestylish. If you ask anybody else, so yeah, I'd have Fair to enough. say that would be it. Awesome, man. Well, well, thank you so much for uh, your time this evening. Uh, it's uh, pulling double duty is no, uh, you're no slouch, my friend. I wish you the best <laughs> of luck in the races going forward. And uh, on behalf of the Big MX crew and myself, uh, you you have yourself a great night and uh, a great day, a great weekend in Daytona next weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. That was one solid interview. <laughs> thank you, sir. You're really good at this stuff, man. Like you're super well spoken. You know your stuff. You 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 know how to form a an intelligent answer. Uh, you're gonna do great on the show tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and that, it's kind of. I mean, it sucks the the situation, but it's it's cool to see the support that everyone's kind of brought to the table. Everyone's trying to get the word out, and I got more press for this than anything else in the past. It's kind of crazy. Oh, for sure. Like it's 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 untimely, and like it's uh, it, it's a uh, it's it's never good to have these things happen. But if we can pull some good out of it, and if we can get uh, like get that GoFundMe account full to the brim, so you can get your your uh, your mechanic a top notch bike and uh, gain some exposure to those sponsors to help you get to the races, uh, it's it's those those. Those thieves didn't take anything from you. If anything, they provide you a platform to uh, to broadcast yourself, and uh, uh, a lot of good came from it. So, um, yeah, we'll try and turn this negative into a positive. And uh, like I said, uh, have some fun uh, down at Justin's this weekend, man. I'm a great friend of his. Uh, we talk pretty much on a, a weekly basis, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna love riding with that guy. He uh, awesome. he's just he's just you're you're gonna love it. So uh, you gotta have yourself a great week, man. I hope so. I need it. I need it. <laughs> For sure. Hey, it's uh, it's it's all up from here, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. After this weekend, it, it couldn't have got much worse. So I'm looking right. forward to it. Sweet. Well, you have yourself a great night. I'm going to try and see if I can have this posted before you're even on uh, Steve's show. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Night, buddy. All right, man. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.